in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the envious Glenn Stansberry. Glenn, I can smell it on you. What? You, you didn't even bring it up. You didn't even mention it. Oh! I completely forgot! <laughs> sure, It's Glenn. looking right at sure. me now! Sure. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You're trying to pretend like you're not green with envy over this thing. I am. I am green with envy. <sighs> I have You've been tight-lipped about... Of course. The experience. I'm trying to keep it under wraps. I don't want people to find out. Well, now people are going to know. Well. Here's the deal, people. I got a Nintendo Classic about a week ago. Oh. And uh, we, as we know from previous podcasts, Glenn was ho- was counting on having one of these things under his Christmas tree. I was. Um, I wasn't counting on it, but uh, my, my girlfriend, Laura, uh, attempted mm-hmm. to get me one of these for Christmas and have it under the Christmas tree, and she, she was unable to. Um, so I took up the mantle. I said, I'm, I'll go get a Classic. No problem. Uh, so I uh, waltzed into Target about a week ago, walked up to the uh, electronics guy, looked him in the eye, and I said, give me a Nintendo Classic. <laughs> and he said, your finest. Yeah, he said, I believe we have one available. <laughs> and he went and got one. And, uh, Straight away. Yeah, and brought it to me, and I bought it, and that was the end of it. The look on Laura's face was priceless. When I walked up there to the guy, because she works, matter of factly, just said, "Give me a Nintendo Classic <laughs> right away, sir." Uh, so anyway, I've been my days have been filled with Punch Out and Super Mario Brothers, and uh, you know, all untold. I mean, games I haven't even played before. I've been playing, and uh, so so I see you only have one controller. I was only one. I only came with one controller. Do you find it cumbersome just having one? Like if you and Laura want to play, or <laughs> what? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Never mind. Well, <laughs> no, wait, wait. Let's no, say no, I no, wanted no, to play no. with you, bro. No, no, no. <clears throat> See, Laura came up here earlier, and she's like, are you going to let Glenn play? Your th-? I was like, what? No. No way. No. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. All right. Um, All right. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been good. I would say it's, it's, been, it's been a very pleasant experience so far. So worth um, the 60 bones. It was definitely worth the $60. Uh, yeah. It, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun reconnecting with some of the old games. And frustrating. I've thrown the controller multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I've been like, this never thing's changed. broken. This controller's <laughs> broken. I pushed the button. I got the broken one. I pushed the button. <laughs> Playing punch out. I've, I've done that. There's something wrong. This new Nintendo, there's something wrong with it. Oh, man. Uh, so anyway. I completely forgot. Mm, you told me about it. A likely story. See, I was expecting like a uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of situation yeah, where yeah. you show up with a bunch of cronies <laughs> with a bat with some spikes in it. We're here for know? the NES. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. We heard you got an NES here. Uh, wow. So, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so that's wow. that's been going. So um, I'm... I, I always wondered why they didn't make the controller Bluetooth. Because that was like one of the biggest frustrations as a kid. Is like you have the controller and you trip over right. it. Right. I honestly think my only take on that, and I don't really know why. <clears throat> my honest take is like the, 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 the cable seems unnecessarily short. It's yeah. only about two and a half feet long. Yeah. I, I think it might have been a choice intentionally to get people shoved up close to their TV <laughs> because that's how you used to feel as a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't had that much of a problem with it. Uh, the controller, could, uh, like, I think the cable length could be a couple feet longer. Because honestly, like, sometimes I'll pull on it and not thinking about how close. Uh, right. Because you forget, because now you have wireless controllers. So a couple of times I've just like, out of whatever instinct, like pulled on the controller. And it <laughs> sure. just rips the <laughs> NES Classic out along with it. No. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so that that is kind of a gripe. But other than that, I mean, and, and I don't, I don't mind it too much, honestly. I, okay. I, I do wish the cable was longer. But other than that, you know, it's uh, everything else is is pretty solid, and uh, the game selection is pretty good. I wish there was a couple more on there that that, that didn't make it, but you know, what are you going to do? So I got to ask, yeah, how is um, Super C? I haven't played that one yet. I've been I've been dipping my toe into stuff. Okay, because I, I don't oh. want to get because there's 30 games. You don't want to start. You know, right. So I've been I started with Punch Out. That was my first one. Okay. Um, I have I played some I played some Super Mario because okay. you know whatever. But I still haven't played Zelda or Zelda Ooh. Two. Um, I haven't played Super C. 
I did play some Galaga, a little bit of Pac-Man. Castlevania? Uh, I just a little bit of Castlevania, but not very much. That used to be a favorite. A good um, one. And so I've been kind of just... But I think I'm gonna just and I've played some games like I never played before, like Kirby. I never played Kirby before. Kirby was fun. Yeah, I, I I've never played that before. I played that one a little bit, uh, just here and there, stuff like that. So anyway, it's been a good experience. But I can't uh, believe I forgot about it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's okay, Glenn. You can let your guard down. I know you didn't forget about it. I've been like pining for it. So Lynn and I, I after I told her that you you managed to snag one, mm-hmm. we have decided to instead of making this our Christmas present. Is now going to be our Valentine's Day present to each other. Really? If we can find one. Oh. I don't know. I may have to try the maybe old you, walk uh, in the Target. Maybe you uh, need made an agent. Yeah. To... Do you remember my friend, Mr. McKinney? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. I can. Uh, maybe I can get something done for that. If <laughs> for I could, a small. I could. Uh, uh, yeah, I might be able to work on that. But, yeah. how, how much do you love Lynn, Glenn? Well. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, a lot. Uh, okay. okay. Well, they, they will, yeah. Okay. Money's no object is what I'm getting. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's certainly an object. That would be a lie. Um, a false truth. Well, false truth? Well, well, we'll talk about that false after truth? the show. I've got, I've got, okay. I've got some connections. Oh, okay. Namely me. Okay. That, uh, <laughs> you. You that can, Look, I know people that can get stuff done. Me. I'm just going to be looking at that thing the whole time we're recording this podcast. <laughs> Staring you right in the face. It is. I don't know how I missed it either. Yeah. It was uh it was it was quite a it was quite a day. Quite a day. Oh wow. It, it was one of that'll go down on one of my uh red letter days in history. <laughs> uh, I, and now I'm working on a book, uh probably a New York Times bestseller, <laughs> How to Win NES Classics and Influence People. Um look for it on Amazon.com next year. Um okay. Nice. Uh so anyway, Glenn, let's get past the uh, Nintendo classic and uh, move on to our actual podcast. Um, yes. That was a good intro, though. Yeah. Um, and speaking of NES classics and influencing people, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Uh, Gentleman.com is like the NES classic in that there are 30 tacks available for you to go through. Uh, and you can pick which one you like the most and spend a lot of time reading it. Uh, and then you can move on to the next one. They're all winners, um, too. They're all winners. Uh, they're all the classic tacks from right. back in the day that you right. remember from the 90s. Right. Um, and so, or the 80s, you know, whatever. Uh, so you can go, you can re- relive your childhood by going to gentleman.com. Uh, and then after you're done with that, we have a whole podcast that's all about all the 30 tacks from, the, from gentleman.com. Uh, and it's available at podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to this episode. You can listen to previous episodes. You can go through and, and look at the actual links that we're going to, uh, talk about during this podcast, uh, and go back and look at beers we've rated in the past. You can do all kinds of stuff there. Uh, and then finally, if you want to get in touch with the gentleman podcast, you can do so by sending us a letter. Right. To the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter. We'll take it. We'll put it up on the hall slash wall of fame. We will... Did I not say that right? No, I was... I haven't, I haven't checked it for... Oh, I, I've been there. I've oh. checked it. Yeah. It's overflowing. Uh, I've been getting calls. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is the hall of fame. We will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast, and then we will gladly send you something in return. Hmm. Now, what at that thing is... Depends on, you know, tone of your letter. Mm-hmm. Some the, people send us nice timbre. things. Some send, some send us bad things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we send nice things. Sometimes mm-hmm. we send bad things. Mm-hmm. just depends. Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, if you can't do that, failing that, failing you getting off your couch, stopping the Gentleman Podcast, or pausing it, getting in your car, then listening to it again, uh, and then going to the post office and sending us something, you can actually send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com. You can get in touch with us via tons of social networks. Uh, all of them, all the social networks that exist today, <laughs> even the most ex- obscure ones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can get in touch with us there and, and do so. We encourage that mm-hmm. in addition to, to emailing us and stalking us and also, um, sending us letters. Yeah. It's really quite simple. Yeah. Just reach out, reach out and touch, touch some of us. Faith. Some part. Of I was going to go with faith. Oh, right. faith. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, let's move on from that because I just incriminated myself. Um, anyway, Glenn, let's get the uh, media episode, which is the drink of the week. Let's All keep- right. Well, Brian, it was my turn, and I was actually I went to the liquor store looking for a different beer than the one I, I picked up, but I was looking around. I had uh, previously uh, purchased a. Uh, 
Guinness, if you didn't know this, has more than one type of Guinness. They're actually starting to branch out quite a bit into... They've really been doing some other stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if they have always been doing this and we're just getting it now, or if they're kind of just ramping up, trying to be a little bit more craft brewery kind of... Um, they, they've they've had a few different beers. As I remember this from taking the tour in Ireland, oh. they, they, they they have had a few different beers over the years. But I think initially, at least, the reason why they've had different ones other other than the stout was to meet different regulations that different countries had about right. beers. Uh, I think that there's some they had some European export or something like that, and mm-hmm. it was because there were specific regulations for a country there that would only allow this type of beer with this percentage and all that stuff. That, hmm. So instead of doing the Guinness draft. They had to produce a couple other different kinds, uh, and I think maybe Guinness export also for the U.S. or something at some point. There was some, yeah, something about that. But basically, the reason why they and it started doing other types was for for regulations in other countries, right? Well, I think I might have gotten one of those. I I, I had gotten a, a, a Guinness uh, it's extra foreign, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Is you know eight percent beer. Uh, I was really impressed by it. Actually, it was really tasty, mm-hmm. and so I was looking for that one to. Put it through the rigors of the uh, mustache twist scale. Right. Um, our proprietary uh, system that we use to rate beers empirically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking around, and the, the, the guy at the liquor store comes up and says, Hey, can I help you with anything? And I say, oh, I'm looking for this particular Guinness. And he says, Oh, you know, I don't think we actually have that one, but we do have this other one here. That no one else is buying. And no one else has ever heard of. <laughs> called the Antwerpen. Okay. Great name. Right. The, the Guinness Antwerpen. It's a stout. It's 8% alcohol. <clears throat> and this beer um, is... Uh, it sounds, just by the uh, tasting notes that they put on the Guinness website, pretty potent. Um, full body roasted coffee flavor with bitter chocolate, salty licorice... Salty. Salty's not a taste that you really... Salty licorice. Come across. Not, I don't, I'm not a black licorice guy. No. And salty black licorice is not... Yeah. That's not a good thing. Molasses and dark fruit accents. Okay. Uh, they say it's creamy and light, though. So maybe... Who knows? All right. Well... But uh, basically, the story, the quick story of this beer is that uh, it's... Um, the Belgian brewing industry was suffering during uh, World War II and after, in the aftermath of that. And so they imported this uh, beer to Belgium in 1944, and it's actually survived the war since then. So allegedly, this is... Like the 1944 version of okay. this Belgian beer, right? So, mm-hmm. all right, well, interesting. That, that, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm interested. I, look, I, I trust the Guinness. Brewer. I'm, I'm I'm behind him 100. percent Yes, uh, I real. I'm a big fan of the stout, the the normal draft, right? You know, Guinness draft. Uh, but I like some of their other beers. I like their their stouts they do, and I think as a company, yes. they've always been rock solid for the last 400 years. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a pretty good way to put it's it. It's a good track record. The last 400 years, they've been yeah. doing the right thing. I really like actually. And if I had to rank the stouts, I like their their standard stout, the third third best. I okay. actually like the extra stout a little bit more, mm. and this yeah. foreign extra extra stout is good. Mm. I'm a Guinness draft guy just because it's an everyday drinker. Right, you know what I mean it is. Yeah, uh, not every day. Just like Brian. Let me <laughs> let me revise that statement. Uh, every three day drinker. Um, no, it's it's a it's a it is a light beer. Um, you know, it's got it's four percent alcohol. It mm-hmm. tastes really good. I mean, on a, I just think about that like during the winter and stuff like that. Yeah, and a having, light beer. And having gone to uh, having gone to Ireland and seen the factory and all the stuff, um, really endears it to me. So, so anyway, but I, yeah. I'm a fan of their beer in general. So, uh, well, let's give this uh, this Antwerp in Antwerpen Antwerpen. Yeah, be, twerping. because it's a stout and kind of higher percentage alcohol, we pour it in the glass. Mm-hmm. Typically, it seems to go better. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa. It's pretty hoppy. You getting hoppy? Really? Yeah, I kind of guess I do. Kind of hoppy. Man. It's good, though. It's, I like it. It's actually the, it's, you know, huh. I'm going to try to find some. Statistics on the hops. So I, I actually, Glenn, I I actually searched the dark web um, <laughs> while earlier. Hope um, you covered your tracks. I, I, yeah, I did. I was I was talking to you while I was doing it, so I <laughs> wouldn't pay attention to my screen. Um, Look at this NDS over here. But uh, yeah, if anybody asks, I don't know anything about the dark mm-hmm. web. But uh, I was able to mm-hmm. ascertain that there's actually 52 IBUs in this uh, Antwerp. Oh wow. Here. So high in the IBU scale, really high, uh, higher than we would normally go with, but you mm. know, 
it's right on that edge. Uh-huh. The price. The price. Now, this is where it's going to take a hit in the score. Because there's only four of these in a... Mm-hmm. It's a four-pack, so... A four-pack was eight ninety nine. Okay. Well, that's... I thought you were going to say like eleven ninety nine or something. No, no, no. I mean, we've had beers like that where they're just brutal. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a little bit high, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's a, it's a higher alcohol percentage um, stout. It is. Which, you know... It actually... You're right. It's about... It's about uh, maybe what it should be. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. If there were six of these... Yeah. And they were five to six percent alcohol. Yeah, that'd be about what you pay. Yeah. Um, hmm. So it's it's really not, I'm I'm not too surprised Man. by that price. Guinness gets it done. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, if you had to put a a mm. uh, rating on this, on an, like a rating that you would just pull out of the air and say like what? <laughs> right. Arbitra- you know. I mean. Yeah. I guess if I had to just randomly pick something. Right. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Can't believe we're even entertaining that. I know. Um, well, obviously, I put a lot of thought into it. Yes, and it's uh, eight point three. Eight point three. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna go. I was gonna go eight zero. Okay. Uh, probably just price. Yeah. Down a little bit, but yeah. I, I like this a lot. And the IBUs are a little higher than I would have normally, mm-hmm. you know, gone with. But but I I, I, I don't taste the hops. Really? Yeah. I, I can taste them pretty good. Maybe it's just everything else that's over the top of it, but. It's got a good bite to it. Mm-hmm. It's a stout with a little bit of a kick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said eight zero. So you guys said eight zero. You you said eight point three, mm-hmm. right? I did. Okay. Uh, well, now we have to input all these facts into the MTS computer, mm-hmm. uh, the mustache with scale computer. This will after we give it some data to crunch on, it'll do some crunching and get back to us on this Antwerpen stout from Guinness. Uh, so we said the price was eight ninety nine for four. Yes. Okay. Uh, the alcohol by volume is eight percent. Yes. So quite high. Um, and we said that the uh, IBUs were 52. That's right. It's crazy, but yeah. Okay. So uh, then we just have to give the uh, MTS computer about 30 seconds, uh, and the magic of uh, space and time will uh, give us an empirical, uh, scientifically proven rating for the Antwerp and Beer from Guinness. Okay. It reminds me a lot of like an Imperial Stout, but like a less bitey Imperial Stout. Yeah. What is the Imperial Stout? What does that mean? Imperial Imperial Stout is like well, it's high alcohol content and but I think it has a lot of hops. Um, so it's just like a lot of power. So we really have no idea. We have no okay. idea. Well, let me get the uh, <laughs> let me get the MTS report here. Uh, it's, I can hear it's done uh, coming off the uh, presses here. All right. So we got the. Uh, the MTS report here. Um, the results are in. The results are in. Okay, so let me just get to the actual. Let's see. Okay. Um, right. Okay. So wow. uh, the yeah, this is quite robust. Um, hardback. Hardback. Yeah. <laughs> I just put the binding algorithm on there over the Christmas. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the algorithm it's quite but i don't want to get into it okay but the point is glenn uh the mts computer says it's an 8.15 wow 8.15 uh on the mts it's very exact yeah um and and, uh so that there we have it um closing the the book on it the book (laughs) and uh i did happen to look up what the beer snobs said about this one and they put Mm -hmm. it a 93 which is ridiculous I mean, it's good. It's good. Let's not get out of control here, though. I'm surprised because Guinness is like a, a, I know. a mainstream it's not, beer. It's not a craft brewer. I'm surprised, too. I, I, want, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, wow. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to hypothesize on anything that's going on over there. You just can't. It's hard for us to put ourselves in their position because we're not beer snobs. So what are we going to do? you just you know? can't predict madness. You know? They're just... No, you can't, Glenn. Uh, anyway, well, let's get on to some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so, Glenn. All right. Well, first up, Razorback. Our good buddy Razorback is yep. bringing the bacon. Yep. With a post from Yahoo, of all places. <sighs> Yahoo. Yahoo. This mm. guy will reach into the depths of the web to pull out only the best. Yeah. And I'm That's right. He's always, really going spelunking. Into, you, you're uh, going to be surprised where he's going to pull out stuff. But right. Yahoo.com, uh, their movie section has mm-hmm. an article about Mark Hamill performs Donald Trump tweet as the Joker. Right. And this made quite the rounds uh, over the past um, mm-hmm. week. Right. And uh, basically, it, it sounds... Let, let, let's, uh, let's just take a listen to it here. It sounds like this. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies. And 
those who have fought me and lost so badly, <laughs> they just don't know what to do. <laughs> Love. <laughs> okay, so that's the gist of it. Yeah. Right. It's pretty funny. Right. <laughs> it's well done. Um, yeah, uh, th- that's the first thing I wanted to say about it, was hearing it. I was like, wow, Mark Hamill really, I mean, found his calling. Yeah. You know? Uh, that is surprisingly good. Uh, what, well, and he, he's he been doing it since... 1992. 1992. Right, yeah. No, I was I, I, I guess I always knew, I'd read that he does the Joker in the animated series and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never, like, stopped to think about listen to the voice and then think about him doing it until I re- read this and listened to that. Um, and I, I've got to say, I come away pretty impressed. So I didn't know he did it. And so when yeah. I heard when I, when I I heard that he did this, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. That's a really weird thing to do, right. Mark Hamill. But mm-hmm. it's not because he's been doing it for, uh, what, 20 years now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. More than 20 years. Yeah. Um, so anyway, pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. And... Uh, it's it's also interesting how it all came about because basically somebody made a joke like, okay, so it's an actual tweet that Donald Trump, right, you know, put out, right, right, um, and it's, you know, typical Trump, but uh, tweet that he put out, and then the brother of Patton Oswald, Matt Oswald, who is a comedian, <laughs> tweeted, sure, this sounds something like the Joker would say right before releasing a swarm of killer bees in the Gotham. And then Mark Hamill took it from there. So yeah, and he he actually did it. He recorded <laughs> a version of it. And I got to say, it does sound like something the Joker would say. It does. Yeah, especially when you hear the uh, the audio of it. So interesting <laughs> stuff. Um, I, it's a great part about the internet is that people can come together and do weird stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, you have not, Donald Trump I to Matt Oswald <laughs> to Mark Hamill to the Joker the and then back again. Yeah, to I, gentlemen. And yeah. the thing is, is that... And then to us. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> right, and we're coming full circle here, but I can't tell if it's... The crazy thing is, is I can't tell if it's, like, negative or positive. I don't think it's either. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think it's just... It's just hilarious. It's just funny. I mean, it's like, you can joke about politics and not be like... Exactly. You know, it, I, they're not saying anything bad about Trump. They're just... Nope. They're just it's just funny. Like, yep. it's interesting and funny, you know? Um so anyway, but uh, so anyway, yes. So Mark Hamill, very well done. What I like about this though, Brian, is that we're making sure that our politicians are kept in check. That's right. You you mouth off, right? You're, Mark Hamill's Mark gonna Hamill will make a joker. Make you the voice, the voice of a joker. That's right. Uh, okay, well that was uh, checks good and post, balances. Good post from uh, our good buddy uh, and uh, good buddy and stalwart. Yes, uh, gentleman uh, user Razorback. Uh, and, and just like Razorback, we got another uh, good buddy and stalwart of uh, gentleman.com that posted this link, and it caught both of our eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this this was like... Uh, oh, we both weighed in. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one's not going to get by our, our laser focus. Radar uh, was, was pinging on this one. Yeah, uh, and this is called McDonald's Wants to Woo You with Two New Big Macs. And my immediate reaction to this was, wait, woo me? <laughs> like, you had we're, me at, yeah. You had me at big. We got, like, a 20-year marriage here. Yeah, I, we're already, we're already <laughs> we well into this thing. <laughs> you don't need to woo me, McDonald's, okay? Uh, but anyway, Glenn, this is a little story from uh, Bloomberg.com. And, uh, look, McDonald's is trying to find different ways to appeal to millennials. Much like, I feel like every brand out there, I read an article every day about how they need to appeal to millennials some certain way. Mm-hmm. And this this article actually ticked me off a little bit because it said that millennials actually prefer seemingly healthier burgers, like Five Guys. I'm like, wait a minute. What? That's not healthy. At what point <laughs> did the Five Guys become a healthier burger? On what metric is that true? Uh, Dude, I eat at Five Guys, and my immediately after walking out of the store, my butt jiggles for like two <laughs> weeks straight. Like, it just doesn't stop. It's true. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, but anyway, so that, that stuck out to me. But anyway, the point is, Glenn, I, I, I got ahead of myself. I got all offended, you know? That's right. Um, and, and here's the thing. It's called McDonald's wants to woo you with two new Big Macs. And the thing is, the, they, they came out with two different Big Macs. Uh, one is like a Mac Jr., okay? And one is like a colossal Mac. I don't. I don't know what the names of them are. Doesn't matter. Point is, one's got an extra patty. I think. Oh. On top of the Mac. two, right? So it's got like three patties and maybe something else. 
Hmm. It's like 800 and some calories. So it's like the bigger Mac. It's your... Yeah. Now, but the real issue I have here is the Mac Jr. Yeah. Because there, there's only one patty and no middle bun. So cheeseburger? So it's a cheeseburger with some... Special sauce? Special sauce. And, you know, maybe some lettuce or something like that. Anyway, point is, I... So... They're, they're trying to they're trying to find different ways to like change their menu up a little bit to mm-hmm. and these are just temporary menu items, but and they even mentioned this in the now a little bit a little ways back uh, we did a story about Jim Delagati who was right. the original creator of the Big Mac we toasted him right? in a stroke of genius yeah. yeah he passed away recently unfortunately but in a stroke of genius in 1967 he created the Big Mac all on his own. It's one of those deals where McDonald's was like, don't change our menu. And he's like, I'm going to change this Actually, with this Big Mac. Um, and so anyway, I, I was, you know, the timing of it just very coincidental. But I have to think that Jim, I don't know if he'd be on board with this. Altering a masterpiece like the Big Mac, I don't think it really needs to happen. You know, they're, they're talking about Taco Bell in here. They, they, they introduce a new menu item every, you know, right. every week. They have a new menu item to appeal to people and all that stuff. And you know, McDonald's wants to go down that train. That's all right. But don't – you don't need to, like, mess with the Big Mac. You know what I mean? No. It's not broke. Yeah. Don't fix it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and um, don't get me started on millennials, even though I think technically I might be one. <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah. I, I, I remember I remember this happening a lot, you know, Generation X. And it seems like everybody's trying yeah. to yeah, – how do we market to people who are in their late – you know, anywhere from like their twenties to thirties, basically, right. like right. disposable income. Probably don't have a family yet, right. so they can go places and do, spend money. Right. Yeah. And um, I just love how they try to get inside the minds of. Well, here's how I would say: it. like millennials are supposed millennials are supposed to be like they're like teenagers now, right? Really? That's what millennials uh, are. I thought. I think well, I'm so. definitely not a millennial. You'd be like Generation Blah, whatever the hell that is. X. Yeah, something y? like that. Um. Uh okay you okay yeah. so, typically use the early eighties as a starting birth years and any birth years ranging from the mid nineties to early two thousand okay but this is Wikipedia so what can you I was thinking of between let's let, let's so yeah so anyway the millennials are younger kids basically in their twenties right yeah yeah well it says oh. the the mid nineties birth years ranging from the mid nineties to the early two thousands that's birth years. Use the early 1980s as starting birth years and ending birth years ranging from mid-90s to 2000. That's just weird. It's that, like a wide swath that's of That's a really... That's like 20 years. That's not yeah. That's not a decade. So it's me. I'm in my mid-30s. Right. To 15-year... No, uh, to 17-year-olds. Yeah, 15-year-olds. So what? It also, <laughs> it also says that Generation Y redirects here. So... I just, I don't know yeah. if Wikipedia has really got this. Uh, uh-uh. Well, again, well that, that that's well okay. So you're already a fan. So <laughs> no wooing necessary. No, I've been wooed. Yeah, I, they have taken me sweetly in the night. Yeah, with uh, many many runs to the <laughs> to the drive-through. The drive-through. <laughs> yes. Okay. Took me tenderly. Well, uh, I think it's an interesting story. I'm glad McDonald's is trying stuff. I just don't know if this is the right stuff to be trying. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're branching out. They're doing the whole, you know, order your own burger thing. And yeah. It's kiosky. Right. I don't care. So long as I can drive up to a window at midnight after this podcast and say, hey, I need a double cheeseburger. What I'd like to say to McDonald's is forget this. Forget the research. Forget the market research. Forget the focus groups. Forget all that stuff. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Go with your heart. Go with your heart. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. (laughs) Um, Anyway, all right. We've got one more post to talk about this week. And uh, what do we have next? Um, We have a post by our good friend Demon. Oh, yes. Right. Demon, frequent contributor to the site, frequent... Frequently mentioned on the podcast, mm-hmm. and for good reason, yep. because another another member who, he also, I think he might go to the dark web as well. Oh, okay. And pull up some things that... Well, I'm not... Whoa, whoa. When I, when I want to paint anybody with any Well, I'm here. just saying, this guy, it's almost a little too good to be true, what true. has been posted to the website, but... Right, maybe it's a bot. It could be a bot. Damon. Oh, that's true. Well, oh. maybe this is a... Even if... All right, so maybe it's it's uh, machine learning, yeah, bot network. Mm-hmm. Well, keep it I've up. I've read bots. about these things. <laughs> um, a great post from Popular Mechanics, and it's called 
the Amish horse drawn buggy is more tech forward than you think. Right. And I actually have <clears throat> a little experience with this, Brian. Do you? Um, well, let me just get let me just talk a little about the article. Basically, when you think of you know Amish communities, you think of you know around here we have more um, Mennonites or um, Dunkards. Yeah, um, that's kind of what we have around this area. But in the Midwest, there's a lot of these um, uh, religions um, that eschew. Uh, modern conveniences, right? Or so you might think, right? But um, it turns out so. Like one of the one of the characteristics of the these these religions. Well, I, I guess I'm showing my ignorance a little bit here. I don't fully understand. I was just gonna say I don't think either of us probably fully understand it because I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to offend anybody. Picture yeah. here. I'm sure we have a lot of Mennonite listeners. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll go and read the podcast to them. <laughs> After the, uh, oh, that's a terrible no, joke. No, no, um, it's okay. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't really to, understand that yeah. there is the, the the only thing I know about this religion is I've seen Kingpin. Exactly, and, exactly. And so that's the only that's well, the only yeah exposure to it. And I I've went had. to school uh, in, in yeah. my small town. It was right. kind of a farming community, and sure. they, they had a big. There's a lot of Flores. Yeah, and Flores are a strong um, German Baptists. Oh, okay, so a, a lot of like the uh, like the, a, a few of the cooks were. German Baptists, and they wear, like, the bun, right. you know, and the traditional dress and right. everything. And I never thought anything about it growing right. up. Right, sure. But, so, but in the Midwest, like in Ohio, Pennsylvania, they have a lot of Amish. And yep. Anyway, they, a, 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 a defining characteristic is usually the buggy, the horse-drawn buggy. You drive in you through Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family that just moved there, and it's yeah. not uncommon to see right. buggies. You, you know, you pass them on the road, and, they, you know, it's just normal. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you think, well, that's weird and it must take forever and right. it's pretty backwards maybe and right well it's not actually these right. buggies are tricked out yeah and it's like have you ever seen uh pimp my ride <laughs> this is a lot of these buggies <clears throat> um i say a lot i have no idea how many but it, it sounds like um you can get these buggies to they actually have a lot of modern conveniences they have anti-lock brakes Mm-hmm. They have, or I don't know if any like they have drum disc, brakes. Yeah, drum yeah. brakes. Yeah, um, they have like dashboards. Uh, they have working taillights. They mm-hmm. have uh, a lot of modern conveniences that we have. Right. Uh, they can be enclosed, and it all kind of depends upon each feature is is approved by the particular. Again, I'm getting to the tall grass here a little bit. Right. But just based on this article, each feature is okay as long as it's approved by each individual. Um. Church, I guess. Right. So, um, yeah. I, it, apparently, it's like they're basically saying that people think that oh, you know, they're against technology, and that's not really true. It's that they have a approval process where uh, if it doesn't tra- change the way of life of the person that uses it, right? Um, in a you know, in a, probably in a negative way, right? Then it gets approved, and of course, they can use that technology because it's not altering in a negative way the, their their way of life. So it's not really about technology; it's about things that. Might might be bad to 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 introduce to people, which is you know right. there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of smart actually. There's probably a lot of things that we could probably do without. So yeah, no, that um, it's just interesting because they take. It seems like they take great pains to add in modern conveniences while keeping with the. I don't want to say facade, but with the with the aesthetic that it's like an old mm-hmm. um, traditional thing, and it's right. I mean, they have horses, and it's right. a buggy, but that's about the only thing that's kind of kept with tradition. Well, you, you have to you have to look at this though and say, like, when, when you go through this article, they talk about the brakes, and the brakes are there for a specific reason. It's so mm-hmm. that when they when they stop, they don't run over the horse, right? With the, with the buggy, right? So you know, they're going fast. Yeah. So you know, if the horse stops, you don't run them over and kill them uh, or injure them horribly. So the brakes are, have a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. The electrical is there uh, because there are laws about having lighting on the yep. vehicle when you're going down certain roads. So that has to be there. Um, they talk about the body. They talk about the tire and wheels. You know, all these things basically are for are pretty solid reasons um, behind all the inclusions of this technology. But it's kind of interesting because they're towing the line between, right. uh, you know, what they what they can get by with, uh, what they have to have, and you know. 
all that stuff. But what's interesting too is like the the detail they go into about the electrical systems and top and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where they talk about that they have certain kinds of lamps that have been improved, and now they're using LED lights for them instead of you know incandescent bulbs and the battery packs for them and all that stuff. It's all like custom made stuff that these right. guys. Uh, what I found really interesting about it was the electrical runs on lithium-ion batteries from, yeah. like, power tools, right. basically. And they'll they'll just, you know, load up a few lithium-ion batteries from Home Depot in there, and they're ready for a long trip in their horse and buggy vehicle it's, now. It's crazy. They even talk yeah. about um, – there's a quote from the article. It says, back in the 60s – no, uh, sorry, that's not the one. Uh, it says, uh, we actually looked into doing financing through the banks – but we don't have titles for buggies, so the banks were squeamish about it. Right. Basically talking about how they're expensive vehicles now. Like, yeah, we're talking about... You they're know. adding a lot of components mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not just four wheels and a, something to sit on and a couple so of horses. So the average cost is around $8,000, according to the builder they talked to. That's, you Which know... not... And yeah, it's hard to... I mean, what are you going to... Like, bring $8,000 in cash down to the buggy dealer? Right. And, right. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've got no problem with it. I think uh, no. I think thinking about whether you want to introduce a new technology into your life, not a bad idea. Absolutely. I, You know, my daughter is going to want a phone at some point here. Yeah. At what point do I give her a phone? You know? I, I thought you already bought her one. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah. Um, she is ass, and she's, you know, young. Yeah. So yeah. she doesn't need a phone. But at some point, there's going to be a time like I'm going to have It'll to. It'll be decide. like two years from now. I know all of her friends will have them. And the thing, exactly, and that's the thing is like I had a friend. I have, a, I have a friend, a good friend, and he was saying that his daughter's in high school, but even in junior high, he realized that this isn't true for our generation, but in their generation and you know, upcoming generations, part of their social life, yep. a big part Absolutely. of their social life, is going to be yep. in a phone. Uh huh. It's not going to be who you hang out with nope. in person or who you ride the bus with or who you walk to school with. Yep. It's going to be who you're friends with on, you know. Yep. Whatever. Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com. Yeah. And we're here right. to carry the torch. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it just, anyway, we're getting, we're getting in the weeds here, but. No, that's, um, that's, that's, the, that's what I thought of when I was, you know, somebody else was talking to me about this, about they have a, you know, a, like a son that's uh, probably, you know, 12 years old or something yeah. like that, 11, 12. And parents are kind of holding off on uh, getting a phone for him. And I was like, got to do it. Got to give him a phone. It's like, you know, when it's like, it's not like a status symbol, but all your friends are interacting via this phone that you don't have and you're missing out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Got to give him the phone. Like, get him the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes, how do you protect yep. that kid from right. Right. everything else? But I mean, if he's, if all his friends have it, yeah, you know well, I, mean? I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that took a weird turn. <laughs> okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, the gentleman toast this week. And uh, this week, I wanted to revisit somebody, uh, Glenn, that we talked about in the past, uh, and maybe we had some fun at this guy's expense. Ooh, that can't be right. Can it? Um, and I went back and I, I found uh, this, <laughs> this is a uh, that picture of him a filmmaker that has been he's been counted out yes he's been kicked in the teeth down for the count this guy's never gonna resurrect his career it's like Rocky 9 uh, M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. uh, well known and, and a while back Glenn uh, posted this this chart from Business Insider, and it's it was an article all about how M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan's movies keep getting worse and worse and worse, and they actually charted the uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings of his uh, of his movies, starting with the all time high, which was The Sixth Sense, and yes. then Unbreakable, and then Signs uh, Sign- began a, a downward spiral of ratings. I, and to be fair, I, Signs is one of my favorite movies. Well, it's got a pretty good rating. 74% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good. Nothing to sneeze at. But from there, we go to The Village at 43%, mm-hmm. Lady at the Water, twenty Lady in the Water, 24%, The Happening at 17%, The Last Airbender at 6%, The Last, and After Earth at 12%. Okay, so, uh, but I want to say, uh, and, you know, also they back this up with actual, uh, you know, money, revenues, numbers, uh, revenues, which have been in the toilet for this guy, <laughs> uh, depending, I mean, based on how much money the movies cost, it's, uh, you know, anyway, point is, yeah. um, estimated, you know, we were talking about losing money on all the stuff he's done. Anyway, but the point is, Glenn, uh, not too long ago, 
he came out with a movie called The Visit. Okay? Okay. Uh, got pretty good reviews. Back in the positive area. I remember that, because yeah. I think that's when we, we posted it's about this. It's about uh, a, a kids going to visit their grandparents, <clears throat> and weird stuff starts happening. I saw that one. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't great. I, I, I don't know what the Rotten I'm just going to say the Rotten Tomato rating was 60% on that. Okay. Or 55% or something. 58% is what I'm going to say. And that's about what it was. It was about, you know, this is a 6 out of 10 or something. It's pretty good. It's way better than 6%. You right. Know? Right. Okay, so, but then, you, but then you start thinking, well, maybe he just got lucky there. Well, point is, Glenn, he's got a movie out right now at the box office called Split. And it's got 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's, he's way back into two that, movies in a row. That's science territory. Way back into positive territory there. Uh, it's making a lot of money at the box office, and critics are loving this movie. So so what's the what is it a scary movie? It's, is a, it's a, a scary suspense? movie, suspense movie about a guy with split personalities. That's ah. the kind of general vibe of it. But I, I kind of want to go see this one. I, I think that he's he's getting it back done. I like the fact that he's, he's made a bunch of terrible movies. Now, I'm going to say terrible because sometimes critics get it wrong. That's true, but uh, odds are that he's Generally made a bit yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think think they might be onto something here. He's he, you know, uh, meteoric rise and then mm-hmm. almost as meteoric fall, but he's he's getting back up there. So, Brian, we can we can relate, right? I mean, <laughs> right. We had gentlemen, yeah. right? Apex, right? And then we came right. out with that social network for like tapeworms. Yes, and that didn't work very no. well. We thought we were going to strike gold again. Oh uh, man! Yeah, the, it, the yeah did not happen. The advertising revenues for all the medications and everything like right. that were going to be big. You know, Table Mint was a loss. Yeah, <laughs> Table, Table Mint, Mint did not work out so well. Um, but you know, I I, I feel like it the just, next one's right around the corner. It just right? shows that there's hope. There after, is hope. You know, after that, <laughs> uh, we can we can we can get it back. We can always get it back. I think I think M Night Shyamalan should do should double down right. Just like we have doubled down on gentlemen, mm-hmm. he should double down. We've been doubling down on gentlemen, but M Night Shyamalan should double down on some of the the classics and pull the Netflix formula and just either reboot them or, I mean, the, his classics. So okay, like Signs or um, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Unbreakable Two. Unbreakable Two. Eh, maybe <clears throat> I think Bruce Willis really held that one back. Yeah. Um, but you know, do it. Do a sequel. Okay. Know? I mean, just go back the to the seventh well. sense. The seventh sense, mm-hmm. signs and wonders. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, uh huh. It's all right there. The lady in the desert. The lady. <laughs> the lady in the ice. Right. Uh, we should call. We should write some. We should do a treatment and write and write a write in not Shyamalan about this. I would. I would like a yeah. Uh, I also think his movies kind of got pretty predictable. Yeah, um, the whole format, yep. and you know, he's not he's not Alfred Hitchcock. He wants to be. I think I read something about uh, doing the visit, and he basically just said that he kind of just got it lost, got lost with all the Hollywood stuff that was going around. The visit. Oh, he he phoned it in like on the. Yeah, he was just saying, you know, with some of his other movies, he just got kind of turned around with what he was doing. And see, Lynn really likes my wife. Really likes Lady in the Water. I'm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, look, I, I don't think I've seen it, so it's it's very M Night Shyamalan. But it's like even the thing is here's the thing here's the thing for me. This is the litmus test. How long is M Night Shyamalan actually? How long does he have a role in the movie? <laughs> does it just a cameo? It's going to be a great movie. Okay. Does he have a long part like he did in Lady in the Water? Well, no. He's like a full on character. He is. He's the yeah. He's one of the main. He it's. I won't spoil it for anybody who's waiting to see Lady in the Water, but I haven't seen it. <clears throat> he's a, he plays a central part. Okay, well, and I know. he's not a terrible actor, but he's also not you know Academy Mel Gibson and Brayhart, you right? Know? Like mm-hmm. I could see that he's yeah. no uh, yeah he's no Diane Lane. Okay, well he's no Meryl Streep. Okay, well I know he's not in the vi- he might be in the visit just really briefly if he's in it at all. Yeah, so um, that's probably a good sign. I don't know. Anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, toast him. I jumped off. Good work, get, buddy. Yeah, good job. Way to get back on the horse again. Uh, and speaking of getting on the horse, Glenn, mm. um, or off the horse, um, <laughs> that means it's time for the uh, <clears throat> hot buddy topic. 
Uh, and this week, Glenn, there's some interesting news coming out this week that um, a very, very well-known commentator on basketball, college basketball, college football, Brent Musburger, is stepping away from ESPN um, to to get away from broadcasting forever. Um, Brent Musburger's been around. Everybody's heard him if they listen to college football or basketball. He's been around for a long time. He was uh, in the, I think, up until the 90s, he was uh, on CBS doing stuff. And then he lost his job there. People speculated it was because they were trying to cut senior members of their staff to save money. Uh, And then promptly, ABC ESPN picked him up and put him on college football. Right. Which I, to my universal dismay... um, Chagrin. I... I don't want to say anything bad about the guy. Uh, he's he's stepping away from the college game, and I have to say that uh, he was fine. Uh, but I'm glad that he's moving away from the game. So, Brian, <clears throat> why this sounds like a toast? Why is this a hot button topic? Because uh, the, the hot button topic is that <clears throat> there there are people like me that are not. They're, they're, okay, so. There's a let me, let me rephrase this. There's a couple of old style broadcasters out there. Yep. And and I just to right. put it out there, right. I've got a, like another guy in mind. I'm thinking of is Dickie V. Yep. Uh, me and my buddy, my buddy Dave, were talking about this the other day, uh, and we were talking about Dickie V. And uh, I was saying, man, why isn't Mitch Holtis doing this? Because Mitch Holtis, Mitch Holtis is a it's, he, he he does the radio call for the Chiefs. He's a former uh, K-State football commentator, K-State basketball commentator. He does a lot of basketball uh, games he for does. the Big 12 yep. uh, on ESPN. But he's kind of more of a small-time guy. Um, he is. And, but this guy is like so prepared for every game. Yep. Every time you listen to him, he says something really interesting about one of the players or something. Not something that you've read on Where a... Where they're from. Yeah. Their hometown. I've been through that hometown, and it's this. And they've got this one restaurant that's Stop really good. Diner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... Uh, so it's not something that you're going to read off a bullet point list that was put in front of him right before the game. And you no. know that Dickie V and Musburger, they have one script, and then right before the game, somebody shoves a bullet point list. It, in it's front like of, a three by five card. And it, these are the talking <laughs> points about this game. We only have three here. And you know, uh, Musburger will throw a couple of the freshmen's in there, mm. and uh, Dickie V will say diaper dandies, mm-hmm. and uh, which doesn't even make sense anymore in college basketball. Because um, they're all diaper days. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so it, so anyway, the point is, like, and it really irks me that it, it's one of those career things where it's like, you, who can objectively say whether he's good or bad? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, he could be great. I don't think he is. But, you know, I, who's to say he's bad? Right. Uh, so how does that person keep that really exclusive, high-paying job when right. there are people like Mitch Holtis out there that deserve to be that guy? Uh, I, I I will counterpoint this, but uh, just to play devil's advocate here, sort of. But I actually there's uh, it's really hard to describe. I think it's because of a nostalgic factor. But when when I hear Brent Musburger calling a game, I know it's a Saturday night. Or it used to be. I knew I used to know it was a Saturday night, like big time SEC game, and like it just kind of like you know. I don't know. It, 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 for me, it personified football. Now, he—I mean, he's pretty much a—he didn't do anything for the call, right? It was—it was nothing. But anyway, I think that's a big reason why. You know, they're a name. You can't just—they're an institution at that point. And you're and, not thinking uh, about like Keith Jackson, are you? Because that's who I was going to bring up next. Keith Jackson is an old school sportscaster that did all the like all the good college football games for like most of the '90s. And no. And like mid two thousands, and then he stepped away from the game about like seven or eight years ago. But he was like the guy. He was like the man. And I was gonna say this is the guy that was like really awesome. Mm-hmm. He was an older guy that killed it. He's like the you know, well spring chicken right, yeah. there, right <laughs> in the middle of the swell, you know. And he, he'd have the he'd have no. a great okay. So that, I, I didn't really watch much college football uh, until like last year. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, but relatively, you know, right. later on in in my sports, right? So, um, so I, I think of Herb Street and and uh, Musburger, Musburger, just just the you know, 
I don't know. I watch. I think I watched a lot of like fun SEC games. I had no you know ties sure. to, and I just want to watch a good game. Right. And they usually. I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain it. I'm just saying. I think it's a. I've been watching. I've been watching college football hardcore since the early '90s. Yes. You know. Uh, ever since I had a pulse, basically. Right. So uh, you had a team to follow. Well, so but Keith Jackson was like the old school guy that right. was on all the good games back in the day, and he was awesome. It was awesome to listen to him because it wasn't just that he was mm-hmm. the you know the older dude that you know whatever. He always had great great sayings, great insight. You know, he up until the very end, he was relevant and like killing it. You know. Uh, they even interviewed him during the college football uh, national championship recently. Really? Um, and, you know, he's really up there and, and, you know, not doing so great now. But still, I mean, he, you know, he can still hold his own. And um, anyway, Musburger, always, it always irked me about Musburger because I'd hear him talk about stuff. And it was like, this guy doesn't know anything about yeah. any of this stuff. He's yeah. just up there BSing his way through this, yes. you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and like, is that, that doesn't seem like that should be going on. And I guess that happens in a lot of industries, you know, that people just... You know, screw around and, you know, all of a sudden they're on ABC doing whatever. And yeah, Dickie V is another good example of that. Yeah. The thing, uh, I feel like there's a, but wait, there's more to this story, Brian. Oh, sure. Uh, the, the other weird part about this that people, yeah, that, that people are talking about is that he's, over the last couple of years, Musburger said some really controversial things. Yes. The most uh, recent one was during the, um, uh, the, uh, he was calling the OU football game during the uh, during the uh, the bowl game this uh, year's yeah this year's oh, bowl game. Okay. I haven't heard this one. And OU has a player that was arrested two years ago for uh, punching a girl at some in some kind of altercation. Oh. Um, and now he's back on the football team. And uh, uh, Musburger made some comment about he's glad this kid got a second chance and all this stuff. And no, 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 you know, no, 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 no. just kind of a weird comment about the whole thing. And, and, and you know, <laughs> I understand, of course, his point of view and everything like that. But yes. as a commentator, it's not something that you want to. Uh, you don't want to give the impression that you are advocating that somebody right. does something horrible and then gets away with it and then right. gets to go be in the NFL. That doesn't seem like you're pro- projecting a very good message there. So obviously, that was very controversial. And there's a lot of speculation that because of those comments and the earlier comments about he got in trouble a couple years ago for making comments about the wife of the quarterback for the Alabama. Uh, the, well, yeah, team. now wife, yeah. And, yeah, and the mother, right? And what's his name's mom as well, right? Several <laughs> he weird. Cut, he cut a wide swath on that just game. Several weird comments, <laughs> um, and, and the speculation is that it has something to do with this most recent episode. Uh, but he vehemently denies this and says it's because he wants to step away from the game so that he can work on a sports handicapping business in Las Vegas with his family. See, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Which, yeah, they're, they're basically saying the timing of it is because they want to have the website up before March Madness. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Which, of course, they need Musburger to program the website. Right, so yeah, they, yeah. Have him involved with- Boys, are we doing this in C or C sharp? <laughs> Um, Postgres might skew up. <laughs> I don't know. So the thing, the thing about this is that, like, when you have a guy who is, it smells funny. Yeah, it does. Because when you have a guy who's been around that long and is such a name, and he just kind of, oh, I retired yesterday. Right. Like he just tiptoes away into the night. That doesn't seem quite. He's get, he's, he's he's hanging it up in like three days. He's hanging it up next yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, and it's not like they're gonna have a big mo- montage. For, I mean, it's not no. gonna be like a, like uh, you know, KU basketball and football announcer um, Bob Davis retired last year, right? And he'd been there for I don't know how long, thirty, 100 40, years, hundred years, yeah. And every game was like his, and these are like at away games, and right. people like you know he had a big right. thing, and this is for the other team they're doing this, right? For somebody like Musburger, who's you know calling it for everybody, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. it's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I don't even know what sports handicapping is. You basically have inside information. It's you're, oh, you, you pay play to like yes. get inside information yes. for bets. Yes, for Vegas. So, so Musburger knows everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's always kind of just 
shot shot from the hip. See, so. what I don't like about this too is he says something in here about like how well he never like played it by the rules. He'd always just rather like pull up a stool in a bar and ta- have a beer and talk to you about sports. And like he, that's <laughs> that's not up. an excuse for incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You still were able to pull the stool up. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> you're a professional broadcaster on the biggest sports network in the world, right? You know that's that's no excuse for just flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, it's laziness, is what that is. Yeah, I don't because I I know for a fact how hard Mitch Holt is prepared yes. for stuff. He, I mean, it's like a he's like a football coach or something like that. He spends hours every day preparing for the whatever coming. You know whatever. Yeah. You know whatever. Te- if it's some basketball team, he's never he's he's in depth reading about all their players, where they're yeah. from, everything about them. So that when he's on the air, he can whip out these you know these tidbits about people that are amazing when you hear them it's like a you know it's a revolution every time you hear him say something because it's just so out of out of nowhere and it's yeah. this great little tidbit about something that makes you laugh or is interesting or whatever i've heard other announcers say that mitch holtis is the best yeah pro football announcer right yeah for any team. period like, yeah what 32 32 yeah. teams something like that yeah yeah i mean he's the best yeah and so anyway, I, it irks me about Musburger because he just never came off as being very prepared or anything. It's just basically like he showed up on the day and, you know, got a cue card and ah, let's do this, you know. And Bilsa, Who's winning? That's yeah. the team I like. Exactly. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Interesting stuff, Brian. So, yeah, it's true. Uh, but we will not have to suffer the uh, the broadcasting whims of Brett Musker, Musburger anymore because he's done on Tuesday. I... Uh yeah, I mean, it was the it was also uh, yeah. You never wanted to hear a game called by him just because he didn't add anything, and he, it, usually my team was losing, so he uh, it, yeah it, it, it it pissed me off when he was like, right. oh this other team yeah oh yeah I love them yeah oh they're so good ooh uh, yeah so. well you don't have to worry about that anymore, and I hope that they get a I hope they hire Mitch Holtis yes play. I'm gonna make some calls. After this, we can both agree on this one, bro. Uh, we we need That's to get nice Mitch, uh, get him the call, get him up there. He's personal. People love him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, we're gonna work on that. Okay, we're, we'll get that done. Uh, and that means it's time for the final uh, segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. <laughs> and this week, Glenn, uh, we the Academy Awards uh, are out. We were not nominated, unfortunately, this year. Fifth year. Um, so I mean I I think that the documentary that we created was pretty good but um you know yeah yeah uh, look uh, we're not in supersize us we're not <laughs> super, yeah we're not in it for the awards uh, we're in it for uh, art yes so yes. we just have to we have to forget about that but uh, the art <laughs> anyway the, the point is Glenn we, uh, the question is what uh, if if you're going to nominate a movie for best picture this year for 2016 actually for the past year. Uh, what what would that picture be? Something that you've seen in the last 2016 that was or wasn't on, but you'd nominate it for for being on uh, the best picture list. Well, well, Brian, um, we were kind of talking about this before we. Uh, I'm sorry about that. We were kind of talking about this before we went on. So, you know, sorry, the show and yeah. um, the. My issue with the film industry is this. Um. I don't get to watch very much of it. Right. Um, and when I do mm-hmm. take my hard-earned dollars to the theater, it's for a movie that I didn't pick out. Ooh. Okay. So um, I think what I should do is, look, best best film award, you know, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor. I'm not going to weigh in on that. Right. Let's go straight to the uh, anima- animation category. Okay. Okay. Sure. Because this is Best where I've animation. been pouring my resources and attention. Okay. Um, so you've seen mostly animated films. This. Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, I have two small daughters, and uh, they like those movies as opposed to La La Land or, um, <laughs> I don't know, something with Shia LaBeouf in it. Right. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's... He's probably not nominated for anything. But, anyway. Ultimate Weirdo. Ultimate Weirdo goes to... <laughs> Um. So let's get straight to the animation animation category. Okay. Uh, I got two. I got two that I really I think are strong candidates. I've seen each of them around twenty to twenty five times. <laughs> so you, um, you're an expert. I on really the, feel uh, like I got the gist of each movie uh-huh. and the nuance. Okay. Um. And 
So there's a there's two, right? Okay. Zootopia. Okay, Zootopia. I've seen this one. I've seen that. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then Moana, which came out towards the end of uh, 2016. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard good things about it. Moana is fantastic. It okay. was uh, the soundtrack is uh, done by um, the guy who did Hamilton. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lin Lin Manuel. Okay. Um, that's what, I think that's his name. Um, Let's just say it was. It's really it's really quite good actually. The Rock plays one of the characters, and uh, I really feel like it, it does a, a great job of portraying island life. Mm. And the struggles mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that this young woman comes to trying to save her village. Um, and uh, I won't give anything away, but I really feel like uh, if I had to pick between the two, uh, I think Moana would win, actually. I think it's also got that hot buzz of the the, the hot composer, you know. Sure, because that guy is you know, Hamilton. He's white blowing hot up. right now. Yeah, he's white hot. Uh, um, and he actually sings. Uh, he's, he's the voice for uh, the main character's dad. Oh, singing okay. the songs is Moana a uh, Pixar movie? Disney, Disney, or it could just be Disney. Like I guess they do different. There's Pixar and then there's Disney, so they're different. I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, Disney, okay. Moana is a Disney movie, okay. Um, and I was talking to my wife about this. You know, we, I knew this was going to be one of the the mailbag questions coming in. This, and she mm-hmm. said, you know, the truth is, there's a lot of times where I would. I would prefer a Disney movie. They're getting so good. Uh, they're, yeah. They're. I don't know. I. It's a good point. I do. I do. I'll admit it. I like Disney movies. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of forced into liking them, but I don't. I don't mind them. So. Yeah, I think no, Moana's going to win. They do have a. Um, they do have a good. Uh, they. They are good movies. Uh, good stories. You know. I, I don't know if they're that clever. was clever. I don't know if it was uh, Pixar that kind of introduced that element to it. I kind of right. like, like to think so. Cause Toy I think, Story. I think with that was you know kind of. It really wasn't about the animation. It was about they, they had a good story to tell. I know. I know that that's kind of what Pixar's always been about is really mm-hmm. the story content and not the actual animation. And uh, the animation's kind of almost window dressing for the uh, for what the the meat of the thing is, which is the story. So that's that could be something. You know, Brian, could be onto something with that. I think you're right about the story aspect, but I think making um, cartoon animation movies for adults or with adults in mind, mm-hmm. I think maybe it started around like. With Aladdin, when they cast, you know, Robin Williams as the genie. Oh, okay. I don't know. Kind of added an element of, That's true. You know, That's true. They're looking I'm, at it from all different angles. I've studied a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, I can tell. I'm yeah. highly immersed in uh, mm-hmm. animation culture. and Right, right. Anyway. So that's my hot take. Okay. Um, okay. You can put it in the bank, I think. Okay. One of the award ceremony? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Not soon enough. Now, so is that one actually on the list? It actually is. It Both is of those sure. actually okay. are in something. Okay. Um, cool. Well, yeah, that's. I think they're both up for best animation animated movies. Okay. So. Cool. Uh, well, I you know I was actually trying to think hard about this. And I watched. Oh, you're still movies. gonna go? You're still gonna do yours after I've done? My, I mean, well, this is. Yeah. This is. I'm not doing animation categories. So, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about this a lot, and I, I I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I keep up on them. I watch a lot of them. Um, you know, there uh, there's nothing really stuck out to me this year that was really really good that I liked. Enough that I would say, yeah, like that, you know. One, I only went to a handful of movies in the theaters this year um, mm-hmm. for a couple different reasons, but I, mainly I think because there wasn't anything that was really jumping out at me that I wanted to see. Um, you well, know, Rogue One. I went and saw Rogue yeah. One. Uh, that's not necessarily. I wouldn't put that up there as a, a best picture kind of movie. It so. did squeak in there for I think sound or some. Kind I'm of sure effects. there's some kind of yeah, the effects and all that stuff. It's great. But, yeah. Uh, as far as you know, I mean, it was a good movie. It was fine. But, you know, whatever. Uh, and I was trying to think about a couple... Of, the, the only one that really stuck out to me, and this was actually... It was on the list of being uh, nominated for, I think, Best, best Picture. It's called Hell or, Hell or High Water. Mm-hmm. It's got Jeff Bridges in it. Okay. That's and a, a couple one. other yeah. people. Uh, really good movie. So he's up for Best Actor, too, right? Or Supporting Actor. Could be. Uh, okay. It's a it's kind of a, a movie about bank robbers and, and kind of mm. an interesting, unique story. Uh, kind of a uh, suspenseful drama that I would mm. say is pretty good. I was pretty into that one. But other than that, I was looking back through, and I wouldn't give that one like super high marks, but I'd say that's probably of all the stuff I've seen this year, that one sticks out to me as being one of the better ones. Did you see La La Land? Because that one had like yet. 17 nominations. I haven't for... seen that one yet. I haven't seen Arrival. 
which yeah. is something that a lot of people point to as being a really good one. Wait, wait which one is that? That's, That's the one about aliens. Okay. And uh, that came out about three or four months ago, I think. Wait. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it's supposed to be really good. I, I got really high reviews. Everybody's saying it's really good. I I happen to miss that one. I wanted to see it. It just kind of one of those timing things. I didn't get to see it in the theater, mm-hmm. and it's not out on video yet. So some of these that are on the list actually. I, I didn't make the theater to see, and they're not on video, so I can't really, I can't really say one way or the other. Um, but Hell or High Water is the, the one that really sticks out to me. Seriously, um, other than that, I mean, like I, the only one I can think of I saw in the theater actually was Rogue One. Yeah. Um, other, I mean, I've seen some stuff at Liberty Hall, but they're all kind of um, Rogue One Disney movie. Just yeah, saying. I'm just saying. Brian. Disney's really got it. <clears throat> they got, it they got down. the market corner. Once they bought Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas had no idea. They could just stop making all their other movies at that point. Uh, They really can. Yeah. It's like its own entity. I mean, it was always its own entity, but it had a fixed number of movies, and now it can do whatever it wants. Yeah. It's going to be a... And it's going to get after it, too. I'm sure they're going to be... They're going to be like Marvel. Yeah. Basically. Which I'm sort of okay with. Yeah. Um... But anyway, okay. Well, that's you know it's the, my my answer is kind of weak, but honestly, it's just because of I haven't really seen anything that that sticks out to me as you know one I could really point. maybe after I'm done recording this I'll think back and be like oh I forgot about that one you know one I saw but I I, I was I was trying to think about this hard and I couldn't think about one that really stuck out to me which means it hasn't been a very good year for uh, for me watching films so. you know I. I- I feel the same way though. I usually like I'm never really very up on movies, but there's I usually catch at least one right. that's going to make the yeah the the, the that everybody's talking about yeah. right. And I I didn't there's none of them like I don't yeah. remember there's just nothing notable. Uh, it seems like the big budget ones were Star Wars and yeah. then I mean because there's two of them right in one year yeah um, and then I, I, yeah I I don't know yeah well. Uh, maybe there's always 2017. There is. There's always uh, M Night Shyamalan's uh, newest movie, and three more Star Wars, and three more Star Wars. So yeah, we have that to look forward to. That'll be good. Um, and probably a killer Disney movie. Animated. Yes. Animated. Yep. I think I think Zootopia's Pixar maybe. Yeah, that could be. I well, think- Zootopia. I don't even know if that's a Disney movie. Let's find out. I don't know. I don't think Zootopia is. I'm not sure. Disney. Oh, it is. Wow. Okay. Well, never mind. Wow. Box office one billion dollars. We're in the wrong business, Brian. <sighs> yeah, we gotta we gotta start working on our animated film. <laughs> There's uh, so many so many good ideas. We yeah. Just we just gotta get after it. That's all we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was episode 106. Man, 106. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about that. I don't either. <laughs> I was just thinking uh, something kind of came to my mind real quickly before we close the show proper, Brian. But uh, somebody put out a uh, tweet the other day that said they're having a rough day. They're sad. Right. Having a rough day. Mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm, this is actually a thing. This is actually – I'm not making this up. Okay. Having a rough day. Uh-huh. And um, said that the uh, the only way to cure – the rough day was a gentleman podcast. And Who said that? Hashtag Who's... laughter is the best medicine. Who, no one said that. Yep. <laughs> we both know this person. No, so, and I'm not related to them. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you paid somebody to put? Nope. It's a paid post. That would be. That's actually could, a really good idea, I, though. Yeah. I mean, that's like uh, well, true thought, native advertising, right? Just slip somebody a couple. Dollarinis. Old school uh, payola. Payola. <laughs> Twitter payola. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what keeps me going, right? That's true. Laughing at fools is right. good medicine. Every time I spill beer in myself or right. quote something mm-hmm. wrong. Misquote. Give the wrong year, yep. title, date. Any ba- basically supposedly factual data is not factual. Right. And I do that a lot. Right. So... That's what keeps me going. Yeah. Okay. Fake news. Well, yeah. <laughs> we are panders of fake news. <laughs> On that note, uh, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, episode 106. We'll see you for episode 107 in two weeks. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow.